This is... Wow! What a week. What a week. Politrics. Welcome to Wow, What a Week. Hashtag Politrics. He's someone who might not be questioned in any way by a political party in Cape Town. Someone who wouldn't need to ask a youth league for an apology because I don't think they'd want to offend him in the first place. And someone who'd actually send a Russian leader back to his place if he just showed up unannounced. Please give a wow welcome back to Botsang Mutimuwame Muilwa. Botsang, welcome back, brother. Uh, good, good, good morning, brother Fesh. Morning to the viewers and the followers. Yes, sir. Uh, very interesting time. Actually, I was thinking uh, as I was coming to the studio this morning, mm. uh, the 21st of, of, of this month mm. will mark exactly six months since... Are we at six months already? Yeah, since you made that contact and say, look, there's that platform that I'm thinking of. Yeah, let's, Can we work together? Let's so make it happen. It, it has been six months. Oh, wow. Uh, 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 you know, we are, we, are, we are sitting on this platform and, and you know, unbundling politics of this country and geopolitics. Very interesting platform. And I can tell you that at some stage, mm. this show was the fastest growing podcast in, in the continent. Sure. Uh, you have clocked over 40,000 followers on this podcast, Wow, What a Week. And uh, we're, we're not counting. We are, we, are, we, are, we are not counting, but also something very important, and, yeah. and I've observed that we are the only podcast in South Africa that is focusing on geopolitics and actual politics. Mm. People talk politics here and there in passing, sure, sure. but this is a genuine political platform that people actually don't want to call it a political platform. This is an educative platform sure. whereby we simplify politics. So thumbs up to us afresh, as well as to the followers. And, and, and the viewers of Wow Wadi Week, uh, I think I'm, I've become more comfortable with, with, with the mic and, and with you, except that some of my followers are saying you are asking me very difficult questions. <laughs> <laughs> so, guys, thank you for six months of support, six months of love. Uh, please keep um, subscribing. Uh, tell your grandmother to tell her friends at her society uh, to also subscribe and like, like, like. Let's start in uh, Marikana. Uh, the Marikana massacre happened 11 years ago. And a lot of people feel like, yes, maybe three or four cops have been tried, but the bigger fish are still walking free. Well, first, it's a, it's a, it's, it's a sad state. Again, we have seen criminal cases dragging in South Africa. Uh, we can use the Senzo Mewat case and, you know, a lot of political assassinations that gets unresolved. But something that happened in front of the world, in front of cameras, and, and where there were correspondences, there was a forum commission, and to this date, not one single person has taken accountability. You know, taking and frying uh, low-ranking police officials, uh, uh, it doesn't explain what actually transpired on that day. But uh, may the spirit of, you know, the gallant fighters of Marigana who were fighting for a living wage, you know, a, a rest in peace while actually the, the trade unions are fighting and are continuing to fight mm. for a living wage. And, and, and you know, I, I, I reminded myself yesterday to say, by the way, uh, it was not 34 people who died in Marikana. It was 44 people who were killed in Marikana. They didn't just die because they were sick or a mine collapsed. They were brutally killed, whether by other guys, pangas and bullets. But I think the country is not doing enough to can actually, you know, the, the, the families of Marikana uh, uh, victims are still trying to do some of the things that they were promised. Mm -hmm. 
And, and with all the billions of rents that Lonmin and other mining companies are continuing to take out of our country, they, they are not showing remorse at sure. all for what has transpired. But I think the government should have done better. You know, the saddest thing is the fact that you'd even call a place Marikana, uh, despite it sitting on billions of dollars of minerals. Because Marikana literally means a place of squalor. A squat, yes. A place of filth. The fact that people are having to live like that, but ben, 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 beneath them is billions, billions of dollars in mineral wealth. That is a problem. That's the sad state of our affairs in the country, and that's why we find people like the leaders of West Africa and Burkina Faso, and all they're saying, enough, it's enough now. Mm. We can't allow that foreign companies are continuing to milk our God-given natural mineral resources, and they don't even benefit simple community within that area. You can just build a clinic in a, a school a clinic and you're done. schools and proper housing. There shouldn't be a single shack. There shouldn't be a single person hungry in an area like that. Not one. And that's where the return of the land comes in. For as long as African people in South Africa are still landless, they don't own these mineral resources to can plow them back to the community, we'll never have this problem solved. But it's a ticking time bomb. Uh, one of the days, the, the workers in places like Marigana or any other mining area, they will rise. And it will not be nice because us sitting in comfortable offices and suburban areas will not realize when that war is coming our way. And things like the Zamazamas, in my view, it's some of the signals that people who are unemployed, people who are hungry, are becoming tired of the status quo. Sure. I'm not condoning any illegal mining. I'm not condoning any illegal activities. But, but a revolution, it's normally assigned under illegal activities. You know, that's why when people protest, they always say it is an illegal strike, it is inconveniencing other people. But that's the purpose of a protest. The yes. purpose of a strike and a protest is to defy the state. It's to make things uneasy. It's to make things uneasy. A, and, a strike and, is not supposed to be a tea party. No, no, no. We're not supposed to. Like, that's why I don't believe in marches and demonstrations. When I see people marching and demonstrating and going to end over a memorandum, so what after ending over that memorandum? Yeah. Nothing ever comes out of that. But the, the, the continent and South Africa is not excluded. It's faced with you know, a, a red poverty-driven revolutions, and they will come in different forms. And there's a saying that one day the poor will eat the rich. And, and I see that they coming in our lifetime. Absolutely. Um, let's talk about the Democratic Alliance's moonshot pact uh, unseat the ANC, as they say. Um, so basically the Democratic Alliance are saying, if you want to work with us in unseating the ANC, yep. uh, let's all meet. So they met in Kempton Park, uh, met Empress Palace, uh, the former World Trade Center, yes. where Cordessa happened. So I don't know if this was deliberate, it's meant to be symbolic, um, but that's where it happened. L let's talk about that. Well, And also the strength of a moonshot pact that doesn't have an EFF there, for instance. Yeah. Uh, well, let, let's, let's first look into... Coincidentally, the, the Democratic Alliance in Houghton last week at their elective conference. Oh, yeah. Where uh, the, the current leader is. Brasol. Solim Simanga was yes. re elected with over 60% of the votes. So mm. it shows the confidence that the DA members in Houghton have confidence in, in Solim Siman. But I think also it was a strategic move of them to maintain. Houghton is a very versatile and diverse province mm. for contestation. Having a black person for the DA in Houghton focusing on the Houghton so-called black middle class, it will work to their advantage. 
and they are remaining the opposition, official opposition party in Gaudé. But then they bring this uh, moonlight, uh, moonshot, moonshot consultation <laughs> forum to Houting. Yes, sir. And as you say, coincidentally to Captain Park, you know, when you speak of the Codesa negotiations, I actually don't, don't remember the Codesa negotiations very well. But what I like, or what I remember, not like, what I remember mm. is the day the AWV. Oh, yes. Uh, and, and they drove tractors and hippos and they marched yeah. into the negotiation at the same place in Captain Park. So maybe the Democratic Alliance, formerly the, the Democratic Party, is realizing that uh, uh, their argument, their Cordesa uh, compromise and negotiations and settlement and the sunset clause that they entered into with the African National Congress during the Cordesa 1 and the Cordesa 2 negotiations has either expired or reached a sell-by date or did not. You know, it, it, the, 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 the Democratic Alliance is simply saying, we have had this agreement. It worked up to a certain point. Let us go back to the drawing board and test. I think they are also testing. They are testing if the black parties, minority ones especially, are, are really tired of the ANC or is it just a talk? But uh, uh, I, I've noticed it's about eight uh, formations there of which uh, five or six of them are political parties, the Democratic Alliance, the Freedom Front Plus, the Action, a, uh, Action SA, and Inkata Freedom Party. Then, then there's somebody who woke up and say, Isanko, uh, uh, you know, uh, we are cyclists. Uh, and that E, the I of the Sanko, is actually for independent Sanko. Uh -huh. uh, but on Thursday, Sanko officially came up and said, that's not our Sanko, we don't know who's that person. Mm -hmm. So they disassociated themselves from, from Isanko. Now, what the Democratic Alliance is trying to do to bring actually some life into these political formations is to bring civil society. Because so Sanko is known as, mm -hmm. as, as a civil society or movement. So they are trying to bring civil society, which may bring to them people who are politically disgruntled mm -hmm. in the communities, uh, black people specifically, yes. in the mm -hmm. communities, to say political parties didn't work for us. Let us join the political band work on mm -hmm. using a civil, a civic movement or civil movement. So, uh, but interestingly, at least four of those political parties were very clear to the DA. Inkata Freedom Party, the 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 Inkata Freedom Party breakaway, uh, 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 I forgot the name, uh, as well as uh, Action SA and Freedom Fund Plus. They have come with a resolute position to say, DA, let us sign into a legally binding agreement that whatever happens after the 2024 elections, you are not going to ditch us and go to bed with the ANC because the purpose is to unseat the ANC. Mm. And I think people who are going into that engagement are going into that engagement or agreement or consortium, whatever coalition, whatever you call it, they're going in there. Mm. Yeah, a joint venture. They're going in there with one purpose in mind, to unseat the ANC. Is that enough, though, to say... We're going to have a moonshot pact to unseat the ANC without saying this is what we are offering you as an alternative. Because it can't simply be we just want to unseat the ANC. What are you offering me as an electorate? Look, I, I, I that think is different. Yeah, I, 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 look, the, the, the different political parties have been offering different voices and manifestos, and it didn't work for them. They did not unseat the ANC. I think what they are trying to do at the moment is to come with something. That is actually talking to the electorate uh, 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 actual current needs. And it's anger. I think they've judged that people are upset with the ANC. 
And and to say you will come with a manifesto or a policy, we spoke about manifestos in the past, and I said voters in South Africa are not going to vote because of the manifesto. Very few, less than six percent of the electorate in South Africa vote according to the manifesto of a political party. Majority they vote because of history, mm -hmm. they vote because of race, they vote because of uh, excitement. So that's what they are trying to do. They are saying people are hurtful with the ruling African National Congress. Therefore, let us say to the people, we are collectively coming together to can remove the ANC that you are hurtful with. I think their strategy is in the right direction, not because they will deliver better, mm -hmm. but because they are playing into the gallery of, of the angry South Africans. True. I don't know if the timing is right. You know, South Africans, I'm telling you, three months before elections, we would have forgotten about load shedding, about sewages, about potholes. The ANC, three months before election, they will deliver those things that we are crying about today. The people will forget. But also another important aspect, I looked at the previous both local government elections of 2021, as well as the, what do you call it, the, the previous national elections. I looked at the, the, the statistics or, or, or the figures. These political formations combined their percentages. They, they will not even make 45%, uh, 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 if I use the previous figures of... Sure. 2021 which was local government, but it's a different ball game. Mm. But if I look at the, the there may be growth in some. Incat has been growing. Freedom Fund Plus has been growing, whether with one or two percent. But if I take the figures of 2021 and combine them, they will not even make 45 percent of the electorate. And therefore, I don't think it's a wise move for them mm. not to convince or to think just because the Democratic Alliance does not want the EFF. Sure. And 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 that between 13 and 15 percent of the EFF, it means a lot. You know, that's the only way. But EFF does not want anything to do with with the Democratic Alliance as well. Because because I was going to say, I mean, the ANC numbers and the EFF numbers will simply take both of them to about 55 uh, About 55 percent. Yes. You know, even if the ANC drops, I don't think, and I've said it, you know, conveniently here that. Even if the ANC drop, I don't think it will drop to below 47%. Mm. And some of the researches that have been made are indicating between 47 and 48%. Uh, but the, the ANC actually need one of the small parts. They may need the IFP. You understand? Mm. They can go into a compromise that happened in 1994 to say to IFP, we'll give you KZN, you give you a national percent of 6%, we go with our 48%, and we are in charge. They may go with the EFF. The, the, the EFF... Uh, uh, this is this is the language the Pan Africanists use when they talk of the land that Mother Azania is not a prostitute. It does not belong to anybody who lives in it. The EFF behaves like the prostitute of political parties in South Africa. Anybody who has the cash, anybody who talks what Julius wants at that particular time, the EFF will go with that person. And they've demonstrated it. They've went to bed with the DA. They've went to bed with IFP. They've went to bed with the ANC. So it, it, it depends on when it suits them. Uh, uh, also, what is not helping the situation is that when we look at parliamentary reports recently of the funders of political parties, surprisingly, one of the funders of ACDP, mm. Kenneth Mitchell's party, Reverend Kenneth Mitchell's party, which has, I think, about what two percent of the of the electorate, it, it's Cyril Ramaphosa's company is funding ACDP. Now you can see how politicians are playing people. The president of the ANC has millions of rents from businesses. He's a businessman. And business people contribute to political parties. No, 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 no. 
He doesn't contribute to the ANC. Well, we don't know because we haven't seen their statements, but yes, he contributes yes, yes. to the ACGP. So if Ramaphosa really loves the ANC not to lose power, he will go to Reverend Mitchell and say, I'll pull my money if you don't bring your votes to me. You see, so people are being played in, in this whole thing. Sure. But on the other hand, we have the Africanist front uh, uh, of the what I, I term as the far left, the PAC, Azapo, the BLF, and other you know leftist or Africanist organizations that are talking about uh, 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 collective Pan-Africanist front or, or Africanist front who can contest elections in a in a in a joint format. Mm. Their percentages historically have been very low, but I'm of the view that if Africanists can contest elections as an Africanist front or a, or a United Patriotic Front, whatever. Uh, I think the, their percentages as a front will be much more than when they do, especially that now. The turf is fertile yes. for people looking for alternative. Mm. So if us up and PAC can, can, can merge towards the election, they will not get 2%. They will get far more than that because people have been saying, but this too, why don't they come together? Absolutely. And then the thorn in the whole thing, in the whole pact, Patriotic Alliance, <laughs> you know, that got the country. Uh, 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 people are saying Gaten McKenzie is a joke, but let me tell you, I think Gaten McKenzie is very smart. He, he is honest about the ground situation. So he, he is knowing that his political party is going to contest the provincial as well as the national elections for the first time. They don't have a footprint throughout the country. You know, in some areas, the Northern Cape, Houghton, the Western Cape, you understand? And I think it's been realistic to say, if you don't want to vote for us because you don't trust us, because we don't have a convincing manifesto, do not vote the ANC. Do not vote in anybody. That's what J.T. McKenzie is saying. He's simply saying, electorate, if you don't want to vote for me, it's okay. But don't vote anybody who will go to bed with the person you are trying to remove. So the electorate is saying we are hurtful with the ANC. Gating McKenzie says don't vote for the EFF or the DA because they, if you vote for them, they will go to bed with the ANC. And to be honest, he's telling the truth. They, they've done it. And what will stop them from doing it again? And only after Gating McKenzie during the course of this week said that statement, on the second day of the Captain Park engagement, the Freedom Front Plus, Inkata, and Action SA went to the DA and said, hey, Gating is saying something. Can we have it in writing? Commitment and signed by legal jurists. Do you think they're willing to commit in writing? I doubt if the DA will commit in writing. I doubt. I don't think. Uh, uh, look, we will get the results of this. They finish on Friday evening. We'll get the results of the outcome and the minutes and the agreement probably by next week, mm. Monday. Or, or Tuesday, they will have a press conference to brief. But yeah. on, from Sunday, moving forward, I doubt if the, the Democratic Alliance will go into any written contract with any other political formation. Uh, because they know that even if they can sign that, they will not topple the ANC without the EFF. And, and, and what if in areas where the Democratic Alliance needs the ANC to can continue governing the Western Cape, mm. to can share power in the national government. You understand? What if they need them? And anyway, Fresh, the policies of the Democratic Alliance are, are, are center-right. The policies of the ANC, they're no longer left. There's no leftists in the ANC. Mm. They are center. In, in, in they're not center leaning to the right, they are center. So the, the logically, and let's leave history and blackness, logically, it makes sense for me politically for the ANC to go back to bed 
with the Democratic Alliance because they agree on almost everything. You understand? The EFF on paper disagrees with everybody except the Africanists. So, so it will make sense for the DA to go to bed with the, with the ANC unless the ANC stands up and say, we are reviving the communism in us. We are reviving the African nationalism in us, nationalization of state assets, banks, and mines. But the ANC is not going to do that in this lifetime. Uh, they are an organization that is in the hands of white capital. They rely heavily on white capital. They've signed pacts and deals with you know, the Western world a lot. Even BRICS is a thorn. The DA is anti-BRICS. Mm. ANC is choking BRICS. ANC has historical relations with Russia. And, and that's the conflict. Our politics are becoming dynamic. Sure. They are becoming very interesting. But to the electorate, I've tried to simplify to it what is happening. Mm. So you were correct at the opening. Uh, we are back that Captain Park negotiating the future of South Africa after almost 30 years. Uh, by the way, the moonshot uh, packed parties are the DA, the IFP, Freedom Front Plus, Action SA, United Independent Movement, Spectrum Party, Independent SA, National Civics Organizations, etc., etc. And uh, we'll uh, hopefully know uh, next week. Yeah, we'll know uh, if, there's uh, if, if, there's, if there's movement with this. But very interesting. What I like is that. Uh, 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 it reduces the stress of the elite. It didn't make it easy for us mm. to, to vote as, as elite. I've already stated that, that come local elections, I'm voting Freedom Front Plus, even if I didn't have electricity for three days. Three so days. you had no electricity for three days, so that's your first load shedding ever. I don't know what is load shedding. It's such a chaos. We don't have emergency light. I had to move out of my house. But it's not load shedding. It's, it's they stole the cable and the transformer. I've got a friend who's a comrade, like he's like staunch, staunch ANC, but local government, he votes DA because he says they deliver. Things are happening in my neighborhoods, so that's what I'm doing. Uh, no, come local election, Freedom Fund Plus, I don't care how racist they are in their policies for the work they are doing in my ward. If I'll still be living there, which I think I will, I'm voting them. They've got my vote. National elections, now, it's not a secret. I'm a Pan-Africanist, yeah. and I'm not trying to influence anybody. I'll, I'll be voting any Africanist party in the national elections with hope that they will come and increase the numbers. We need a diverse. Last time we said here, I said... We, we are going back to the government of national unity. Mm. We are going to see more party representation in the National Assembly. Sure, absolutely. Uh, let's shift gears a bit. Uh, the public protector is back in the news. What's going on? Hey, uh, Brother Fresh and the, the viewers and the followers, the story of the public protector is not going to end anytime soon. I thought they were done and they've decided she must go. No, it doesn't work like that. You see, this is, this is, this is where uh, public administration and government administration becomes important. It's yeah. not that. The committee, the government has tens of parliamentary committees. This was just one committee of parliament that was looking into the conduct and the performance of advocate Busuem Kwabadi, the public protector, who is left with a month and a half in office officially. And uh, they've come with a conclusion. Uh, that did not end well because I've said he's going to challenge that report that he was not giving, she was not giving a fair chance in, in completing the report. But what happens procedurally? And this is where our systems are failing the people and are delaying. You know, uh, uh, our, our justice machinery, even legislative machinery, is not oil, it's not well oiled, it's mm -hmm. not functioning for the benefit of the people. And if we lose the public protector's example, is that this committee has completed its report with its recommendations. Mm. So where does the report go? It's a report to the National Assembly, to the Speaker of the National Assembly, mm. and the report will be tabled 
in the National Assembly. The National Assembly will have to endorse that report. Okay. The majority, mm. uh, over 51% or 51% and up of the nation, will have to endorse that report. And if it's endorsed, uh, uh, it will mean uh, the public protector has been found guilty and will be dismissed from that. Obviously, we'll still challenge it in a labor court, in a constitutional court, and, and, and processes like that. Uh, and, and somebody asked me yesterday, uh, what is at stake? And I said, what is at stake is 9 million rents that uh, Advocate Mkwebani will lose uh, on the retirement package and mm. benefits and all that. So this is what is at stake, actually, at the moment. So this committee wants Advocate Mkwebani to literally lose mm. these benefits as, as on pension and, 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 and if the National Assembly approves this. But the EFF and the ATM, they have already indicated that they are going to challenge that report. Mm. Uh, 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 in, 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 the, in the constitutional court, they're taking it for review. But that, it doesn't end there. The, 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 the National Assembly will still need the vote of the EFF and the ATM to get majority. The ANC is going to play a very key role there because they're in majority. And to my surprise that the ANC endorsed this, I thought the ANC is, is actually not going to vote with the DA to can endorse this committee. But I think those squabbles and skirmishes and fights between the suspended public protector and the chairperson, Gianji, and, and, and the other lady, uh, I think it has made the ANC followers to say, no, no, we are not going to compromise our mm. movement, our organization, and our comrades for the sake of one person. Sure. And I think that's why they voted, you know, uh, uh, in favor of this. But let's wait for the National Assembly. And, and you know, you know, Fresh, um, this made me think very uh, broadly this week on how systems are failing us in the country and the electorate. I, I thought of when President Ramaphosa at the beginning of this week announced that yeah, he has now given the hawks, you know, thumbs up to 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 can investigate the Tembisa hospital uh, corruption and allegations. And then I thought of the late uh, uh, whistleblower. Babita Jokorat. Babita Jokorat. I think it's about two years now since you're just below that, since she was uh, brutally murdered. May I ask you a question? You know, it's all good. Uh, President Ramaphosa is saying the SIU can now, you know, weigh in on the Tembisa Hospital scandal and corruption and everything else. But surely if you had checks and balances within a system, things would have never gotten as far as they did. Uh, uh, absolutely. I agree with you. This actually, the fact that when there's a high-collar crime or white-collar crime, mm. in this instance, there's even murder you know, first-degree crime, uh, and the fact that the process still wants the head of state to can give a, a go ahead for the specialized SI unit to can investigate, it tells us how the system is not airtight locked to can avoid such, such, such things. I mean, the loss of time, the president had to have a commission that investigate that and make recommendations, then he says to the SIU or the OPS, you can go ahead and investigate this process. That loss of time, it has made the corrupt people to clear their ways, to hide their stolen loot, or, or to disperse it, you understand? So, so this tells us that the system is not working for us as a nation. The fact that there's somebody who is alleged to have corrupted a government system, and that process still has to go. So uh, 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 we have a process of investigating the system. The system investigates the system. Then what are we doing as lawmakers? And are, are we saying we don't have laws that if we catch a CEO of a state entity, a state parastatal, 
for whatever uh, a fraud or fraudulent or maladministration they do, whether it's fraudulent qualifications, whether it's stealing of monies, whether it's awarding wrong tenders like it has happened in the Northwest, a tender that was awarded of, you know, over 400 million four years back, it's only now that the court has ruled that that tender was only awarded and it should not be imposed. Now, why does it take four years? Does it mean that our check and balances system, mm. we always talk of the Public Finance Management Act that we refer to, does it mean that it does not have solutions to what problems of criminality in the public service? Mm. We find people reporting matters to the public protector or to the public service commission or to the parliamentary committees then there's investigations. Then these politicians are being investigated by their own comrades. You understand? Their own fellows. Then they're still together. So you report something to the Public Service Commission. The Public Service Commission is a creation of the state. So now they take the report, whether from a whistleblower or in any format, they still send it to a parliamentary committee to say, we have received this report about maladministration. Who is sitting in the parliamentary committees? It's comrades. Who's sitting in the state entities as either DGs or COs or CFOs? It's comrades of comrades. Sure. So you are reporting, you know, a, a comrade to a comrade and you think you will get results out of that. So we don't have an independent process that focuses on safeguarding the administration of the state. We don't have that because this is supposed to be chapter nine institution or independent institution. They're not really independent. Mm. We saw it with the previous public protector, uh, 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 Professor Tulima uh, Donzella, regarding the Nkanza issue, mm. that it was binding, and the court, the constitutional court ruled that it was binding and it was implemented. They made uh, uh, President Jacob Zuma to go and look for money from VBS, a loan of $8 million to can pay back the money regarding the Nkanza upgrades. It was binding. Mm. Moving fast forward, there's a new public protector. Same office, same rules, same regulations, makes a recommendation to the National Prosecuting Authority, then she's told, you don't give instructions to the NPA who to prosecute, who to judge. Then they go ahead and say, but you cannot make conclusive, your, your decisions are not binding, they can be reviewed and reviewed and reviewed. So politicians are actually playing with the minds of taxpayers. Mm. But you know what is said? They're using public monies. Uh, uh, when they catch fresh, you use money from your pocket. When it's low-ranking people in the country or in government, they use money from their pocket. But when it's high-ranking ones because of the proximity from CEOs and DGs in government to ministers and political office bearers, they use state resources. I think what the country should be doing, we should look at a situation whereby all wrongdoers must pay for their legal fees from their pockets. In that manner, we'll close these loopholes or abuse. Mm. Our laws are subject to, to abuse and delay in tactics. That's why we have corruption cases that are lasting for over five years. So what is the use? Mm. Uh, so the, the, the machinery of the justice system towards corruption in South Africa is not well-oiled. And, you know, that's my opinion, having been in government for over 25 years, having seen how these people work and how they operate. You know, at some stage, quickly to finish this, at some stage in government, when we were very new, we had a very serious problem in, 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 in administration of government. There was a big halabaluan war between the, the chief accounting officers, the DGs and the COs, with the chairpersons of both of entities or the DGs with ministers. 
because the ministers will impose that. Now, you know what they did to avoid that war? Or the head of corporate services with ambassadors abroad. There was that problems. Professionals with political office bearers. Now, what they did is they started making uh, uh, DGs, COs, CFOs, and, and head of corporate services to be political appointments. So in other words, the ministers and the political party and the deployment committees were formalized. Sure. And they started uh, uh, deploying these people so that they must come carrying the mandate. And that's why you find it very less these days that DGs and CEOs are in conflict mm -hmm. with the political office bearers, which is unhealthy sure. for public administration. Mm -hmm. uh, if, if I'm a chief you know, financial officer, chief accounting officer, a DG, I actually do not have to be friends with the political office bearer. That means I should be the watchdog. Mm. Understand? I should be the watchdog of state resources, but we don't have that situation. There, there was, you know, a really outflux of uh, uh, professionals in the public service. That's why service delivery collapsed. Uh, because you have to be a corruptible, you understand, public service uh, uh, official. Uh, so you should be how do I put you should be very flexible and accommodating to political office bearers. Be willing to play ball. You must be willing to play ball. And that's why we are sitting today with the MMC of uh, one of the MEC in Jobek, uh, a, a lady who is in serious trouble now for funding the, the ANC Youth League you know, a conference with almost 100,000 rents. She's in trouble now, but it is because she's a political player. Mm. And, and, and she gave instruction to a CFO who was supposed to refuse. Now the CFO uh, has blown a whistle on her. So those are some of the challenges that we are sitting within the public service. Mm. We, we must tighten the bolts and delayed justice. Sure. It is not justice at all. And that's what we are sitting with. All right. Hopefully they are listening, taking notes. Well, I, I, I hope they do listen and take notes, but they must not take notes and file them. They must implement. The, our problem as a government is implementation of good decisions. Sure. I'm not here making decisions for government, but I'm, I'm sharing experience and knowledge that I've acquired over the years on where government is failing. Sure. You know, I lost money this week. You know, I don't work. I'm on, I'm on unemployment insurance fund. I told them a month ago that I've changed a bank account. I told them seven times in writing. Mm. They still took money to a bank account that I didn't, I, I'm not oh. using. So I'm worse off now. But yeah, that's the public service. I'm experiencing it firsthand. Yes, sir. So the other day, uh, Minister Frele uh, was in Parliament um, explaining how Deputy President uh, Mashatile's um, motorcade, uh, he was in the motorcade, but he wasn't aware that two of his detail had stayed behind to assault the people that had been assaulted. So we have now established that Yes, he was in that motorcade. There, there was a third vehicle or even more. Uh, yes, apparently I think it was seven or more. I think it was about seven vehicles. Yeah. So two stayed behind to assault those people. So it, at least like you're saying, we now have clarity. Clarity. He was in the motorcade. Well, look, uh, I, I, I don't know uh, if you say it's a motorcade when two stayed behind. Well, you call it a motorcade when it departs, when others decide to divert. It's no longer part of the motorcade. So, well. so, so that... that whole thing is that it was no longer part of the motorcade when, when this thing happened. But again, what will, this is a criminal activity. Mm. What does it have to do with the political standing 
of a political office bearer like Paul Mashadile, who is actually sitting there and is depending on this. Actually, if I was Paul Mashadile, I would actually charge them mm. for compromising my security. Absolutely. Because what they did is they compromised the security of the deputy president of the republic in the state. So they, they, they neglected their duties and they've put, and I mean, eight officials. Uh, uh, you can imagine if the uh, presidential or deputy president motorcade. So he was left with maybe one security vehicle as well as the ambulance because the president and the deputy president, they travel with an ambulance, you know, uh, a military attaché ambulance and all that. So the security of the president was actually compromised, of the deputy president, sorry, mm. was actually compromised. And and if I was Mr. Mashatile, I will look at actually the conduct Despite the criminal charges, sure. the conduct of those policemen in performing their duties. I mean, you leave your marksman point because these people are marksmen. Mm. You know, you're not supposed to even leave your eye away from the subject you are protecting. Absolutely. And you abandon your boys. So they, they literally, in labor law, is they, they abandon their station. Let's talk about uh, President uh, Trump. Uh, more charges against Trump. <laughs> but... You know what blows my mind about Trump? Mm. Uh, the fact that in this entire mess, uh, including what happened uh, at the Capitol, including his tweets, mm. including evidence from his former uh, deputy president, uh, Pence, is in all of this, he doesn't think he's done anything wrong. In all of this, he's a victim. Well, look, uh, uh, Trump is a typical American. Uh, you know, he's, he's going to trump them, trust me. Um... It's the first time in the history of the United States mm. that a head of state uh, or a former head of state is facing felony charges. And, you know, felony in this instance, in the USA, uh, felony is what we we'll call high crime in South Africa. Mm. And it is it is a crime whereby you can be imprisoned mm. for one year and above, no, nothing less than that. And, and, and Mr. Trump does not see this as very serious. And, you know, as you say, what is worse is America is a federal state. Mm. He is now being charged officially in four of the federal states. Mm. But you must check which states are this. The first one is the New York state. Mm. You know, uh, and, and that one, it was even worse. That involved that issue of paying for uh, a porn star. Uh, yes, yes, yes. Yes, yes, yes. yes that, that's the first one. The second one is in the state of Florida. We all know that the state of Florida is the heartbeat of, of money and investments mm. in the U.S., and again, it's felony charges. The, the, the third one, it's in Washington, D.C. But the, what happened this week, and, and these charges has been every five weeks. So President Trump has four charges in four months or four and a half months. So it is actually charges every other five weeks. There's a new charge from a new state, not even adding in one state in the USA to one. And the one for Georgia, uh, uh, it's, it's worth fresh because Georgia... It's one of the biggest influential states politically. Mm. It is much more closer to the grassroots. It is the hometown of, of, of Dr. Martin Luther King. It is the hometown of the successor of Dr. Martin Luther King. Mm. It is the state that has produced more black political office bearers, including the, the state attorney of, of the Georgia County at the moment. Mm. Uh, is a black woman, mm. and 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 they are trying to use the minority in politics of the U.S. who are actual politicians and not business people to can get to Donald Trump. But the other part is that Georgia, the, the county, there's many counties, you know, and and people should not confuse Georgia, the state in the U.S. with Georgia, the country in south uh, southern part of Asia, the former Soviet state. Mm -hmm. 
it has approximately, you know, I checked the figures yesterday, 7.6 million inhabitants only in that state. So you can imagine the number of voters. But basically what happened there is that he's now with 18 other people uh, are being accused of 41, you know, charges of felony for trying to influence the the 2020 uh, elections in 20, February 2021 uh, uh, in Georgia itself. Because should Trump have influenced uh, the electoral official that blew a whistle on him that time, Biden would have not been the president today. So Trump knew that he needed the numbers of Georgia to can make sure that uh, uh, Joe Biden does not come up. But uh, funny enough, it is not only Donald Trump who thinks he did nothing wrong. It is the Republicans in there because they still put him up there as the preferred candidate for the 2024 mm -hmm. elections. Mm -hmm. so, so it is not only him. It is the people around him mm -hmm. who are saying, uh, uh, but we still like this. He's our guy. He's our yeah. guy. We still want him to stand. So I think the Democrats as well as you know, other political formations and senate in the U.S., what they are trying to do to say, we don't want this guy anymore. Uh, by all means necessary, you know, uh, four major states have, have, have criminal charges against him. And uh, Mr. Donald Trump believes that the, uh, this will pass. He's still going to contest the elections. Uh, they must just pray that these cases happen and end before the elections. Because should they, they go into the elections before he is being charged and found guilty, uh, 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 and he wins, which is most likely that he may uh, win. So so should that happen, obviously he'll be the head of state, he will come and dismiss this. So Trump, probably wherever he is, he's wishing that he was a South African, because in South Africa, that case was going to go to court 17 years after after he, he has been in power. So let's, 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 let's hope that the justice wheels in the U.S. Mm. will move faster. You know, they've got a year towards the election. And the sanity will prevail. Yes, that sanity will prevail. But should should this not happen, should there be delays? Uh, and look, the advantage they have is that it's in four independent states. Mm. And that's the, this is the beauty of a, a federative government mm. now. That should he be found guilty in one state, uh, and then he still can't contest, you understand? Mm. So that, that's the beauty of it. But otherwise, in a, in a republic like South Africa, you will have to put that together to go into a national court or, or high court of the land and to the concord of the land. America works differently. Uh, it's a federal state. But uh, I, look, I, I think Trump may have done those things. You buy politics, you mm. buy votes, you buy elections. It's 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 you buy, than, you right? buy porn stars. You buy porn stars. Mm. I mean, they've dug so much into this guy. I don't know how do politicians survive, you know, by trusting so many people and they betray each other. Because if you look at it, Donald Trump is being betrayed by people within his cycles. It's mm. not from outside. The outside people are so sinful. But we also know how the American uh, uh, national intelligence or the CIA operates, you understand? It, it plays a very, very pivotal role in, in also determining changing heads of states. Uh, uh, the intelligence arm, they, they, they determine that a lot. The person who gets uh, uh, appointed as the director of the CIA with very good perks it has influence on the politics of the country. But uh, Trump is in serious trouble, in my opinion. I'm not a fan of American politics, but they impact on us. It will impact on BRICS. Whatever is going to happen in the U.S. is going to impact on BRICS and the mm -hmm. development of BRICS and the growth of BRICS.
But yeah, that's where we are with the U.S. But but also, I mean, for instance, you know, obviously, minus if Trump was out of the race, uh, is Biden fit enough to go for another term? That that that's another that's another problem. He has another problem. I I don't think Biden is is what is exciting and is motivating to the American people. You understand? Yeah. He, he he may be coming from the Democrats who are like he's got the baking of the Obamas mm. and the Clintons and so forth, but. Uh, he's old, he's, he's, I don't know whether it's age or it's ill health, but he's not, he's not inspiring. You know, he, he's not a typical American president. And I think that that is going to negatively affect, and I don't hear any other candidates talking or coming up. You know, those who are talking, they're silent there. It's, it's Trump versus, versus, versus Biden. The, the, the bottom line is Biden says, yeah, now he's running. Because rather he ran than allow Trump to that go back into, yes. into, into, into the White House. Yeah, but that's personal. And like I'm saying, though, Biden already we have seen with how forgetful he's becoming. He's tripping. He's doing old people stuff. He's old, fresh. But he's not doing old. He's old. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. He's doing old people stuff. And not to be an ageist. Yeah. But at what stage do we say, you're too old to be doing this? Hello. You're too old to be, you know, the, 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 the leader of the free world. I'm disappointed with the American electorate. No matter how desperate they were to can remove Donald Trump out of power, uh, I'm very disappointed that they've been the epitome of electing leaders who are young. Barack Obama was one of the youngest American presidents ever. At 44, he became the head of state. Even those who repeated uh, 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 positions like you know George Bush or George, they came younger and they grew up maybe two terms in. But with Biden, who attempted two or three times before, when he is finished, when he's dysfunctional, when he's forgetful, when he's physically not strong to mm. can handle that, mm. and then they put him into power. So they're paying the price of actually not wanting Donald Trump by all means necessary. And as then, that, that's what the Americans do. We didn't want Donald Trump by all means necessary, anybody but Trump. But look what they're doing now. They're saying... Anyway, Trump must not come back. We'll put, we'll use courts, we'll use anything, we'll use propaganda, we'll use money to can keep Trump. I don't know why do they want that man. So I don't think he did bad as a president for the United States. He did bad because America has what we call a demo, the, the diplomatical evil ways. Mm. Trump is the is historically in modern day American politics the only American president who never attacked any country mm. or started a war. He actually ended some wars which he found running. So Americans, you can see they, their thinking and their mentality. They see attacking and occupying and, and causing imperialism in other countries as their trump card. They see it as America showing its muscle in the world. Mm -hmm. They don't see peace and stability in the world. And Americans have a problem of not realizing that they are enemy to themselves. They talk of peace, they talk of democracy, but they are the ones who start all the wars. Mm. They are the ones who unsettle countries. They are the ones who, who make uh, 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 support wars and domestic and civil and regime change. For the wars and regime change. Mm. So, so they are actually causing problems for themselves. Now they had a president as racist as he was, as pro-American as Trump is. And, and when Trump became racist and called Africa a shithole and all the names, I asked people, why are you surprised that a racist American man is saying those things? Because that's what they do, sure. practically. He, he was brave to say it. Mm. But I thought Americans would be very proud. He, he was more of an American patriot mm. than any of them, than even the black Barack Obama. Actually, if I was an American, 
I would have put my vote on Donald Trump than Barack Obama. Mm. And, and, and I don't know why wouldn't they want a president who is, is, is financially well, who didn't go and start wars, who was very proud of America, who, who hated anything anti-America. And, and you know, when, when I, I resided in, in Germany years back as a diplomat, I once asked a, a German friend uh, in the corners to say, do you guys really hate black people? And, 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 and people from African Asians. And this guy comes to us and said, no, no, we actually don't hate black people. We hate foreigners. He said, we don't like anything foreign. Germany collapsed, we lost two world wars. We work hard for our country, despite the aid of you know, the, the Marshall Plan. Uh, uh, they work to arrive where they, so they are very jealous of what they have as Germans, you understand? It doesn't take the fact that there are racist people in that country, it doesn't. Sure. But but the same way as, as I look at Trump, and I'm not condoning anything that Trump believes in, but a man who was very patriotic, who decided to say, you've got problems with an influx of immigrants from Mexico, I'm putting up the wall. But it's their country. These borders are there, they are existing. He was just actually emphasizing uh, on that, and they don't want him. But um, uh, certainly for us as Africans, American politics will impact on our politics. Whoever becomes the president in, in that country and whatever happens in the U.S. will impact on us. Sure. The same way as what is happening in Ukraine and Russia or China and, and, and Southeast Asia is sure. impacting on, on African politics. It will impact on us. And this is happening at very difficult times when the United States, uh, uh, Joe Biden is baking uh, the young man Macron. Uh, France to can cause instability in ECOWAS. So challenging times we are faced with in geopolitics. And on that note, I think we must go home. I think we're done for the day. Thank you, my brother, and thanks to, to the viewers and viewers. It's six months, eh? I must say this in ending note. I'm talking to a number of potential sponsors, but to our our followers and viewers, there are people who are watching this show who are business people, whether they are black or white in this country. As long as it's not money from government. I don't want any sponsor from government, nothing. Please, I don't want it. I will take any money right now. We need, we have stuff to pay. <laughs> but uh, so any, any money, just to remove the blood. <laughs> <laughs> but look, potential investors on this show. Wow, what a week! You know, sure. the politics part of it, especially. Mm. Uh, uh, it has taken a lot from the two of us to have this running sure. for for months. But if we can get potential sponsors or investors, mm. business people. In any format that they think they can help this show to continue going. I know at least 10 to 20 business people that have been looking on their doors. They're like, yeah, I'm watching your show. I'm like, but you've got the money, Baba. Mm. They must start putting money in. Uh, I will not take the government one. I'm a public servant. Uh, you can channel it via fresh. As long as it comes Government, to call me. We have to pay staff. Call me. Butsa, where do we find your social media? Mohan is dead there, can it say? But you find me on social media at butsangmgmail.com, on WhatsApp 082-485-9100, and at butsangm on Twitter and Instagram. If I want to buy your book, where do I buy your book? On those social media address that I've said, just send a WhatsApp note or an inbox or what, and and then uh, we will deliver the book. Uh, and by the way, this week nobody bought a book. I'm very I'm very worried. Anybody Either I, I neglected messages, no, but I've been paid messages. So it has been uh, it has been at least three books per week. Mm. My target is five. And and by the way, the viewers, nobody ordered a book this week. Please, you guys uh, are slacking. You guys are slacking. Yeah, they are slacking these days. 
Thank John, you, thank you very much. Thanks, my brother. Thanks to the viewers. Another episode of Wild Water Week, hashtag politics, live from Amp Studios, downtown Johannesburg. Shout out to Africa Podcast Network, Pezulu Works for the incredible cinematography, our audio imaging courtesy of Otis the Flow Fraser, our guest Botsang Mwilwa, creative director Kuvesh Mohan, and our show producer Kele Zomudisa King. Email waw at africapodcastnetwork.com. Until next week, have a great week in spite of yourselves.